You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. Hey, Aaron, how are awesome. you? I'm good, man. Just really, really busy. Yeah, I hear you. I saw you, uh, some pictures or something. You're flying around in a helicopter. Were you headed to a set or something? Yeah, it's kind of a long story. The uh, The helicopter ride was uh, the, the pilot's a former Marine who's been in the film industry for for decades and we've just become really close friends and uh so we're just doing some collaboration together with you know a few names in the industry with uh you know with military stuff cool yeah it looked like a pretty fun ride actually yeah he's got a uh he's got a huey and a in the uh the a star so and, and actually we've been flying around the citation to the jet so it's been it's been interesting yeah i bet it looked like a pretty sweet ride and some pretty cool pictures there for sure yeah, it's the first time I've been back in the Hilo since since 2009. Oh, wow. So how was it? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, the Huey's a Huey. It's, it's just, That's just like the best the best ride around, but the uh, the A-Star is like the Ferrari of, of helicopters, so that's pretty nice, too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I'm just kind of curious as to how it is that you really got into the industry that you're in today, and then we'll jump back and kind of talk about your transition from the military, but... How was it that you were introduced into the the industry, into the world and business you're in now? Um, and, and a lot of the interviews that I talk about, <clears throat> the only way to really describe it is it's kind of a destiny thing. You know, I I left Iraq in 2009 and came to New Orleans for a uh, contract job with the Marine Corps on a leap of faith. And, uh, you know, I, I had never been in New Orleans before. I didn't know anyone there. And... When I when I got into town, the the job that I was supposed to have didn't didn't quite work out. So it left me flailing, you yeah. know, trying to figure out what to do now because what I had anticipated on happening wasn't the case. And uh, you know, obviously trying to transition back into the real world and you know dealing with a little PTSD and stuff. It just it was kind of, it was a it was a huge struggle. And uh, you know, I, I was trying to find work for months and months and months. And it just didn't pan out. So, you know, kind of fast-tracking a little bit. I lost everything I had. Yeah, because I you know, read where a, you were, like, living out of a car or something. Yeah, I, was, I ended up filing for bankruptcy. I lost everything I had. I lost my house in Florida. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was living out of my car, and I was ready to go back overseas. And I had some close friends, you know, just encourage me to stick it out and to – get into a gym and just do what I'm good at, which is fitness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, up, up to that, up to that point, fitness has just kind of been my personal, my personal thing. You know what I mean? I wasn't ready to try and form a business with it, but I did it as a last resort and, uh, it was just meant to be, I started training some people for, uh, you know, competitions and just trying to build a, a regular clientele. And I just happened to meet Zach Efron. He was coming into, film a movie called the lucky one which is about a marine iraq veteran so we kicked it off and that was kind of my intro into the film industry i had no idea that new orleans and louisiana was you know about to be the the hot spot for you know for hollywood yeah, that's like georgia and, you know they're now filming more stuff outside of hollywood and california than they are within yeah there's a there's a tax incentive you know and it kind of bounces around right so right when I when I left, I just moved out to Los Angeles in September of last year, and uh, th in the summer of last year is when they put a cap on the tax credit 
And as soon as they did that in Louisiana, um, everyone punched over to Atlanta. So Atlanta's the new Hollywood South. You know, yeah. it was Louisiana, now it's Atlanta. And it, that's typically the way it goes. You know what I mean? It just it keeps bouncing around, and it just the film industry is going to follow wherever the tax credit is. Well, this place loves them. I mean, I'm probably only about 10 minutes away from where they film Walking Dead, where they film, you know, Green Tomatoes, all kinds of different movies and television shows as well. And oh, you're, uh, in, you're in Atlanta? Yeah, I'm just south of there, as a matter of fact. And so this is a okay. really a hotbed for the movie industry at the moment, and it seems to be growing more and more. They're building more warehouses and stuff like that for equipment and for sets and the whole bit. As a matter of fact, I think it was um, the, the Truett family who has stepped up you know, for Chick-fil-A, and they're starting to build a whole subdivision that's centered around people who will be working within the industry and uh, kind of a work, live kind of environment altogether. Yeah, Atlanta will be hot for probably the next decade. I mean, it's just it's that it's just that good. Atlanta's got a huge infrastructure, and you know they're building a lot of big studios there. And so yeah, it's it's a happening spot. I was just there. Uh, I was just there in May. I was there in May for about five weeks. May into into June. Filming down on the south side. Or just anywhere around Atlanta? No, I was in I was in Atlanta for about five weeks. Okay. Matter of fact, there was a film that was being produced. I remember hearing some rumors about it in downtown Atlanta where they had streets blocked off. Of course, they have to let everybody know. And that's a major ordeal, obviously, within Atlanta with the traffic we already have to, uh, to okay. have additional streets now blocked off. Uh, it, it makes it very challenging, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same here in, in Los Angeles. The tax incentive here in Los Angeles is slowly getting better again, especially with Netflix and Amazon, you know, being powerhouses now, um, doing big productions and films and TV shows. They're, it's it's pulling more more business back into Hollywood, so it's been a good thing. So what has it been like then working with a lot of the celebrities? Because as I would think, it would be somewhat of a challenge into getting them beefed up and the whole bit. And then, you know, these celebrities, they go on to a whole new role where they may gain back that weight plus 50 pounds in order to go into the next role. So it's got to be challenging, at least on your end, to get them into that capacity. But then also difficult, I would think, as a trainer to see somebody then go and go totally opposite of what you typically would out here in the real world. Yeah, it's just you know, whenever I've I've become known in uh, uh, in the film industry for you know physique transformations, and I've I've kind of fallen into the action genre, so I work with a lot of action guys. Yeah. But you know, when I when I'm doing a character transformation or I'm training these guys, um, it's typically for whatever the character needs to look like based on the story. So you kind of have to study the script a little bit and and figure out. You know how the how the you know what the best look is, and a lot of times the actor already knows what he wants to look like, or, or production will tell me what they want him to look like, and then I just go from there. I build the program around <coughs> around those parameters, but it's tough because filming is uh you know you're filming 12, 14, 16 hour days sometimes, and it's you know trying to get an actor to be motivated because it's not their number one thing to do, and a lot of guys sure. You know, for me, it's part of my day. If I don't have, if I don't train, then, you know, I'm off. But for a lot of people, they just don't train. So when they have to come in and train for a movie, it's it's the shock factor to them. So you have to be creative and you have to keep them motivated, especially if they're coming in after a long day of uh, 
a long day of work. Well, the whole thing to growth anyway is consistency. I mean, as long as you're consistent in the gym and, and going at it and everything, you're going to grow, uh, or at least you should, depending upon your age and a lot of other genetic factors, obviously. But, you know, the, the idea is that you do have to be consistent. Yep, consistency is the key. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of times I don't get a whole – I don't get a big heads up. You know, I might get three – if I'm lucky, maybe four weeks before schedule to start working with them. So, oh, wow. you know, those three, those three or four weeks are critical because, you know, day one of production, they have to be where they need to be. And uh, so I've had to be creative and, and use different techniques. And, you know, I've talked to doctors and nutritionists and just everyone under the sun to try and be as best uh, as I can be for these guys. Because, you know, it's you don't want to have to use CGI and stuff to uh to make these guys look like right. what they're supposed to look like or like the airbrushing i heard at that uh what was it on one of the films they used a lot of the airbrushing and stuff to make them look a lot heavier or more built i think it was 300 as a matter of fact yeah the, the, <clears throat> yeah i mean makeup and stuff like that's a big part of it shadowing and lighting and stuff like that yeah 300 was a good one helped train the cast for 300 so oh, did you? A, listening to him talk about that it was it was pretty impressive those guys put in some work yeah, no, you get somebody like Dwayne Johnson, I can imagine, since you've trained him for G.I. Joe Retaliation, that that was kind of an easy thing. This guy lives, breathes, eats everything workout. I mean, it seems like anyway. He's got some guy that's really working with him. My neighbor, as a matter of fact, is Bob Chicarello that knows Dwayne back from being out there in Hollywood and when Bob was out there. And Bob was in the bodybuilding world, still is, and talks about how, you know, Dwayne is just on this regimen. I mean, the guy is just... That's all he does is eat tons of fish per day, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he's he has so many movies lined up. I mean, typically Dwayne's booked on films, you know, a year out. So he already knows what his next role is. So it's easy for him to know what the next step is. And he has a great team of people who are in his corner. You know, he's got a he's got a, he's got everything that you could possibly want, you know, with a chef and training partners and coaches and things like that. So you know, it's he, but yeah, it's it's his lifestyle. He's cut from the cloth. Training with him, <clears throat> training with him on GI Joe was probably one of the greatest times I've had in, so far in the business. And he's become a, you know, a great mentor for me. And and you know, it's just being able to reach out to him and and get some input every now and then with some things that I'm going through. He's he's as big as he is. He's one of the most down to earth people you'll ever meet, which is very very odd. Uh, in this business, you don't run across that virtually ever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's always those different sides. You see the camera side, then you see the behind-the-camera side. But that's the same thing I had heard about him as well. Uh, really down-to-earth guy. And he's really starting to get it within more and more of the bodybuilding community as well. And I know that's a background that you came from. Um, yeah, when I it was my, my whole fitness journey started in 1999 when I was deployed to Okinawa. Um, I was stationed on Camp Schwab and, uh, you know, there wasn't much to do. You couldn't leave the base. So you either partied, you know, you drank or you PT'd. And I just, I started going to the gym religiously every day. And, and, uh, you know, it's when muscle tech was big and I was reading all the magazines and, you know, so I kind of got bit by the bug there. And when I left, when I left Okinawa in my mind, I knew, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder. So I just kind of tried to live my life as best I could, given the, given you know the fact that I was in the Marine Corps as an infantryman. It's not, 
exactly easy when you're you're doing field ops and you're going out and not you know, at eating all MREs and stuff. Yeah, you talk about the food, the regimen, um, the dieting. Oh my God! Yeah, that's yeah. Well, most people most people don't understand the importance of nutrition, and they they always want to know what supplements you take and what how do you train. And at the end of the day, the training is crucial, obviously, and supplementation is is crucial too. But the nutrition is like is the key that brings it all together. So you can train as hard as you want, but if your nutrition's not on point, then you're not going to get to where you want to get to. And that was the hardest part for me over the years was just trying to get, you know, to get that piece locked in. Cause you know, when you're traveling and deploying and it's just rough, but yeah. you know, I, I came, I came to uh, new Orleans and, uh, I did my first, uh, while I was living in new Orleans, my sanity, you know, during this whole debacle of trying to find work, um, the gym is what kept me sane. And what a lot of people don't know is <clears throat> as I was going through these rough patches of, you know, trying to find work and figuring out what to do and living in my car, I was actually prepping to compete for my first show. And uh, it was the All Forces Classic down in Tampa. I got runner-up in the heavyweights, and then I started prepping for my next show, which was the New Orleans NPC show. And I, that's where I won the Mr. New Orleans title. And you know, so I, I competed for a few years, but and you know, after that, I fell into the film industry and started to train the guys, and then things started to develop a little more with acting and stunts, and then I just realized that, you know what, I'm I'm onto something bigger, something bigger here than I could have imagined. So I need to take advantage of it. So I put I put competing on hold and started to focus on being more marketable marketable in the film community because. You know, when you get behind the camera, you look much bigger than you are. So, you know, being 260 pounds, I look right. massive. Right, no doubt. <laughs> so that's how that's kind of that was kind of the transition of everything for me was, you know, I just I started to drop weight. So I, I sit around 225 to 235 right now. Wow, uh, pretty much year round. Now you grew up in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. I did. Yeah. yeah, Daytona Beach. So now, it, was the military something that was important to you at that time frame as you were growing up, uh, and being close to say, you know, even Jacksonville, north of there, and and such that it kind of drew you in that direction, or what caused you to want to go into the military? Uh, I was I was a real ass of a kid, and me thinking about it now it was just if I could kick my own ass, I would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I had I, I had went through some family troubles growing up. Uh, where I got depressed and, you know, just through divorce and parents fighting and just, you know, different little things. And, <clears throat> uh, you know, I went, I was going to some, you know, some shitty schools where I was getting thumped on by some, you know, the typical asshole kids that like to bully. And I don't know, one day I just kind of snapped and I started fighting back and then I got involved you know, you start fighting back, you're naturally going to fall into the wrong, wrong crowd of people, and that's what happened to me. Oh, I fell yeah. into the wrong crowd and then started doing drugs. And, you know, by seventh grade, I had overdosed on, on uh, you know, on speed and cocaine and was in the hospital, getting my stomach pumped, and just a bad situation. And uh, I kind of teetered back and forth, you know, almost went into foster care, bounced around to different, you know, different homes. And, uh, you know, finally, and, uh, finally, I guess, you know, it was just coming close to the time to graduate high school. You got to figure out what the hell you're going to do with your life. And, uh, the realization of everything started to hit me and I didn't know what to do. I had, 
I had nothing and I didn't really stand for anything. So, you know, I started to think about the military as an option. And the more I thought about it, the more I was leaning towards the Marine Corps because, you know, everyone, everyone doubted my abilities to do anything because I was just such a, you know, such a shit kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I just took the challenge. I wanted to go to the Marine Corps and prove everyone wrong and, you know, prove to myself that I could do it. Uh, so that's how that happened. You know, and you rose up to the rank of sergeant or staff sergeant? Yeah, I got out uh, when I was in the zone for, for staff sergeant when I was with General Pace is when I got out. Yeah, that's what I thought. Now, General Pace, of course, for those who don't know, was the Joint Chiefs of Staff at that time frame, uh, vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs, I should say. And Yeah, vice, vice chairman. Yeah, and you were his uh, personal security guard. Yeah, it was, we did we did all his personal security, and uh, we were just like one big family. He's probably one of the best men I've ever met in my, in my life. So would you say, you know, of course, being an NCO, we all look at mentoring, and that's one of the things that we, we do as a leader naturally and or try to hone that skill, obviously, as a leader while we're on active duty. Who would you say had the greatest influence? Was it General Peter Pace, or was there a non-commissioned officer or another officer that had a, an impact on you while you were in the military? Coming up through the ranks as, you know, when I was in the fleet, I had I had a pretty a pretty locked on sergeant. He was one of the other squad leaders in my platoon, and I was just like, man, this dude is like a GI Joe. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be better than that. So I kind of used him as you know something to strive for to keep me motivated. Cause uh, yeah, I just I wanted to do I wanted to go into reconnaissance Mm -hmm. and. You know, it was it was very tough to get into the uh, the NDOC to do it because my platoon commander just fought tooth and nail to not let me go, and it put a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, it was it was it was my, that squad leader and then General Pace. Those two kind of, when I think back to my Marine Corps career, you know, those two were the the people who stood out the most. And obviously, with General Pace, it was just to a whole other level because. You know what he's been through and what he stands for and represents and you know just his background in Vietnam and being in that realm of you know that high up in the military and politics it just opened my eyes up to so many things that I was just unaware of so it was great to have conversations with him and he didn't it was really it was hard getting out because he didn't want me to get out and uh but I just had, I, at the time I felt I just had to do what was best for me and my family. Yeah, I've mentioned it many times before that a lot of you know people talk about that they dealt with strategy within the military, but you certainly were at a level where you were seeing it from a very big perspective of all the the military and the Marine Corps and you know the decisions that were being made. And in some cases, those can be good because you know you're getting a chance to see it with a bigger picture, but then also you can kind of see the underbelly that exists as well. Yeah, and that being maybe perhaps more. Well, just you know, in my in my mind too, even even that long ago, before I could have imagined my life being any anywhere near it is right now, I just I had this gut feeling that I was meant for something big, and I never. So you know, I just I always went on intuition and gut feelings. I always trusted my gut on everything I did, and I, I just went for it. And if I failed, you know what? I just picked myself up and and kept going, and then another door would open, and I I would know that I was still going in the right direction. Well, it's obvious that that never quit attitude was instilled in you at very, very young age. Just like you said, maybe it was a survival instinct or something. But you know, just listening to your story, obviously, 
there's been people along the way that's influenced you in one direction or another, and certainly it's you built upon that. Yeah, and there's, and when you're trying to my 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 goal my goal these days is something that Dwayne and I talked about when we were doing GI Joe, and it was, you know, he's he's achieving things that have never been done before, and that's that's what I want to do. The difference in <clears throat> the difference in the two are, you know, for me. Like you talked about Dwayne with, the, you know, getting more into the bodybuilding community and stuff. He's breaking down, you know, barriers that are that have been there. And there's, you know, the stigma with bodybuilding and steroids and just all kinds of garbage. You know what I mean? It's sure. like, yeah, as a kid, he, that was something you look for, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno. Right. Right. So for me, my my biggest thing is my biggest piece and where, where I'm trying to take my success to is, you know, without the military, without the Marine Corps. I wouldn't be where I'm at. So it's very important to me to stay aligned with the military and always be a part of it. And, you know, it's for me getting into this whole realm of being a celebrity. It's not, it's not the fame I'm seeking by any means. It's, it's the platform that I'm, I'll be able to stand on and speak from where people can hear me, you know, worldwide. And that's really what it's about for me. Sure. Absolutely. Well, that's it's really cool that you look at it that way. And of course, you're probably mentoring others through your path and journey by telling your own story and how you've gone through all these different struggles and where you are today. Yeah, it means a lot. You know, I get a lot of messages from people all around the world in different countries and, you know, in different branches of the military in, in different countries. And, you know, to, to tell me that they've been following my story and it means a lot. And, you know, how much I inspire them and how much I motivate them. And, you know, people want to follow in my footsteps. So it's like, wow, yeah, I can't, it's, it's still a bit surreal because I, I'm still in my mind. I'm, I'm still on the grind. I'm still on the hustle. I'm still trying to make my mark, but you know, I'm, I'm doing something right because I'm already starting to, to be able to reach out to, you know, or to have such a wide reach just where I'm at right now. And that's why I'm, I'm excited about, the future and i think next year is going to be a huge year for me because of the things that are there's a lot of developing right now you know some of which i can't discuss but it's very 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 big and very exciting and motivating and and uh <laughs> it's going to be really cool well that's awesome and you're right i mean your reach nowadays especially with social media is going to allow you to reach other continents other areas that you probably didn't even think about so you know i think that that's awesome that your reach is getting out that far yeah, it's I'm I'm still going in the right direction, so that 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 makes me happy. Yeah, I, you know it's there's you get <clears throat> it's you have to be really you have to be really grounded, and you have to really know what you want, and you really have to know who you are because on this journey, so many people will try and talk you into doing this and discourage you from doing that. And you know I listen to everybody. I listen. But I'm a very quiet person. I don't say much. I just take it all in and I process it and I let my gut and my intuition, you know, tell me where I need to go. And uh, even when you have people doubting you and even when you have people, you know, presenting you with golden opportunities, you know, if it doesn't feel right, no matter how great it might be, if it doesn't feel right, then you shouldn't do it. And that's that's what I've been following. Um, I could be in a whole... I could be in a whole other situation right now if I would have went in different directions, but I, it would have taken me off the track that you know of where I want to go. Yeah, 
No, that's great sound advice. As a matter of fact, uh, you have a website out there, AaronWilliamson.net, and on that you have what a blog that you're doing and newsletter and for health tips and stuff like that. So if people really want to get to know more about how to improve that aspect, I guess this is the best way to try to find out more information from you. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get back into blogging more. Obviously, my time has been been pretty sucked up and I've, I've slacked off on the blog, but I keep my, you know, I'm pretty active on all my social media, you know, especially when I'm doing things and I'm traveling, you know, I try and keep people updated as much as I can. I try and communicate with as many people as I can, but you know, sometimes (laughs) with all the messages and emails you get, it's, it's really hard to keep up with everything. So, you know, if if people have emailed me and try to contact me and haven't responded back, you know, I'll eventually get to it or, or I'll blog about it or I'll write about it in some aspect. Yeah, and I think it's awesome that you have that where you're able to continue doing the type of coaching or mentoring for individuals that are out there. Yep, absolutely. Well, man, I appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate your time in joining the podcast and telling us about your background. I know there's a lot of military out there that are much like you or guys that are just starting out that have been struggling and trying to figure, what's my passion? What's my direction? I think you summed it up very well, and a lot of it has to do with building upon those. And in your case, you did that in the weightlifting. It started off just working out in the gym, and look what it's come up to be today. I think it's fantastic what you've been able to do with that. And not everybody, obviously, is is able to follow the same path that you have, but it surely is a a track or at least a a way of demonstrating that anybody can do things once they put their mind to it and motivated to do it. Thank you for that. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, when I went into the Marine Corps, I was I was a piece of shit. Not to not to I'm just putting it like it is, you know, right, right. And but when I showed up to Paris Island and I got on those yellow footprints, and I had and I had these drill instructors spitting in my face and yelling at me and just like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And after a couple of days, my ankles were swollen up and I couldn't sit down. It was just like, all right, I have to either man up and you know really do this or just be a puss and back out or just kind of slosh my way through it. And when I finally decided that. I wanted to just really do everything I could do to make the best experience of this. I started to excel. You know, I was meritoriously promoted. I was a squad leader. And just things started to happen, and I just started to learn things about myself that I never knew I had. And then from that point on, it's like in everything in life, I always – if I took on if – I, if I had a goal that I wanted to achieve, I would not stop. I will not stop even to this day until I achieve it, no matter how many people are trying to to hold me down, just no matter what the circumstances are. That mentality that came about in Marine Corps recruit training, like that is still my mentality and mindset today, and uh, I've never been on vacation. I work. I've sacrificed more in my life than a lot of people will, will ever be able to comprehend to the point where it's like, you know, I've lost everything I've had you know, multiple times over right. where I've had to start from nothing, nothing and build up. So you just, there's kind of this no fear attitude that, you know, you believe in yourself so much that even if you hit rock bottom, you, you know, you'll get out of it because you believe in your abilities. So that's kind of just how I've been navigating this whole, whole journey. Yeah. Trusting in yourself and a never quit attitude. Love it. I mean, that's it right there in a nutshell. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Again, man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about your story. I I think, again, that it'll really impact a lot of people that will be listening to the the podcast. 
um, and resonate with them because I think a lot of us find ourselves in the very young age not knowing really where we want to go, what we want to be when we grow up. Hell, some of us still haven't figured that out. I think what you're doing with this podcast, you know, specific for a lot of military guys, I think this is great. And, uh, you know, once I hit the big time, I'll come back on and we'll, we'll discuss it again. You got it. Love it. Love to have you back on. All right. I'll see you, Robert. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. It doesn't matter whether you are searching for your passion or purpose, finding your way through a military or civilian career, working on your fitness, or just about to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Get after it.